Are you ready to pod with me? Ready. On this episode, she kept it safe. She took all the measures, but she still got it. Get ready, because the pod starts now. None of the doctor's offices had antibacterial gel. You know, very few people were wearing masks. Workers, staff, you know, only people that I guess were sick. And so then that was my first introduction to like, oh my God, this is going to be a major, major health emergency because nobody's taking this seriously. This is a hospital, no protocol. So I, I'm like, excuse me, I can't find a parking space. And he's like, oh no, you, you need to ballet. And I said, we're not getting in my car and you're going to show me a parking space. Anyways, I think he's the one that infected me. Ready. Let's go. Roll sound. We're here with Maji Pace Ramos. Welcome to the pod, Maji. I've been trying to get you on for so long because I know. <laughs> How are you doing? I am so much better. <laughs> Thank you. This uh, Corona has taken the world by storm, and, and and especially you, it's taking you in a big loop, huh? Oh my gosh, you, you have no idea. Let everybody out there know what you do, who you are. I'm a residential realtor in Miami. I've, um, I've been a realtor for 20, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stop at 25 years because I don't think I need any more years than that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I come from a second generation um, real estate family. So my parents were realtors um, before they retired and, um, you know, I've been doing it a long time. I'm a Miami native. I know this town um, and uh, I know the business. I've been full time for the full 25 years. That's amazing. That's amazing. Um, so tell us about your Corona journey. Well, you know, it kind of started, I'm, I'm married to a physician, let's start there. And, um, you know, early on in February, I had a bad feeling about this. He doesn't believe in any of this kind of stuff. But it, it happens, it, ha- you know, happens to me. So I know that it's real, because <laughs> I'm not crazy. But um but, you know, I had a bad feeling about this. And he kept telling me, no, nah, it's just going to be like a flu. They're blowing it out of proportion. It's like, this is going to be bad. And you know what? I had asthma. He's like, you had asthma 14 years ago. I said, I had asthma. It was very bad. We were on top of a mountain. And my inhaler was, was, um, was old. You know, like it was already, like I couldn't, it wasn't even working. It was like, I don't know, a prescription that was two years old or something. And it was very bad. It was very serious. We were on top of a mountain. I remembered that. <laughs> it was like, you know what? I want an inhaler. I want it just in case. I want to be prepared. And that was in February. I don't know if you remember that I was one of the first people, I think the first person in the chapter to just stop shaking hands. I announced it like three days before that meeting. And and when Maji says, I'm sorry, Maji, when Maji says chapters, because we were part of a business uh, international group called BNI, and we meet every Wednesday at um, a certain location. We yeah. used to meet at a certain location. Now we meet virtually. <laughs> yeah, through Zoom. Obviously, for obviously re- for obvious reasons. <laughs> but Maji was the first one to tell everybody social distancing, even before it was a thing. Yeah, yeah, you know, and and I just um, I just had a bad feeling about it, and 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 I have I have old people, you know, <laughs> I'm surrounded by old people. My parents are old, you know, over eighty. My mother-in-law's old. I'm the primary care, not caregiver, but I'm the one that makes all the, you know, I'm the health surrogate and make the decisions for all of them. And, you know, I have to be healthy. If I'm not healthy, people could die. And I know that sounds dramatic, but it's kind of real. You know, I've saved their lives several times over the years. So this was something I, you know, I had to stay healthy. And more than anything, I felt because of them, because, you know, initially they were saying this only affected older people, which of course now we know 
isn't isn't true. Um, but yeah, so that my mom had an emergency on March fourth. I think it was the day before or the day after the last BNI meeting that we were at, mm-hmm. um, where I wasn't shaking hands. I was already being really careful before that. Before my mom had her emergency, like a week before that, I was already like not shaking hands, not kissing anybody hello, washing my hands like a madman, you know, madwoman. Um, you know, just being completely like whatever. And I know people thought I was crazy, but I'm like, you know, I don't care. It's not worth the risk. This is too serious of a thing. What if, you know, and then on March 4th, my mom had a medical emergency. She was rushed to an ER by ambulance. I had to meet her at the ER. What were were your thoughts right there at that moment? uh, Oh, you know, because when my mom has an emergency, it's an ocean emergency. It's like life and death type deal normally like I, there have been three times that I can remember in the last few years that that's happened anyway and, so and I'm this like happening during all this uh, at this moment crucial no moment where... no this was at the very beginning this is March 4th oh, right before okay well it was already here that's another whole that's another story but that it was already here I knew it was okay. already here I had I had feeling and I had other like friends of mine attorney um friends of mine tell, get, telling me stories like, uh, you know, I don't know. I think this thing is here. It's, it's like, of course it's here. This is an international city. It's one of the most international cities in the world. Why? Of course it's here. And so anyways, I went to this hospital and it freaked me out because I get there and the valet is like, you know, coughing and eating with his hands. And then he's like, got some other guy next to him. And, you know, the other guy's sick. And same thing, no mask, no gloves, nothing, eating with their hands. I mean, even on a normal day, I'm a germphobe. That wouldn't, you know, that wouldn't have been okay. But on this day, of course not. So then I'm like, you know, completely stressed out because my father has advanced dementia. I had to figure out who was going to take care of my dad at the ALF. And that was a whole drama and figuring that out on the way there. And then I get here and there's this, this hospital is like, like crazy. Like there's no protocol. So I, I'm like, excuse me. I can't find a parking space. And he's like, oh, no, you, you need the ballet. And I said, are you sick? And he starts laughing. And he's like, go find a space. And he laughed at me. Oh, my goodness. And then I, like, looked at him. And I had already been looking for spaces. And I just went full Cuban on him. And I said, let me tell you something. My mother, my elderly mother is in the hospital. She's in the emergency room. You are not getting in my car. And you're going to show me a parking space. Anyways, I think he's the one that infected me. The ironic thing about all this is how safe you were being, how you were doing yeah, social distancing. Yeah, but I, I, had, I had a lot of exposure that week. A lot. A lot of exposure. Okay. And that's when I see that, and I'm going through the story because that's when I realized what the real situation was. Um, that we were completely, our medical system was broken. And we were, they, nothing, nobody was prepared for this. So, like, basically, when I went into that hospital, I complained. I found somebody... You know, very few people were wearing masks, workers, staff, you know, only people that I guess were sick. Mm -hmm. Um, Patients were in there and they were coughing. I mean, very clearly, very, very sick, flu, pneumonia, whatever, coughing all over, whatever, no mask. You know, it was just frightening. And so then I reported some of this to somebody there and she was like, was he wearing a mask? I said, "Uh, no. And so then that was my first introduction to like, oh, my God, this is going to be a major, major health emergency because nobody's taking this seriously. This is a hospital and it's March 5th. And, you know, we already know it's already been announced that this is here, you know, anyways. 
nobody was taking it seriously. So I, my mom had to get um, admitted. I was like really freaking out, but she had to be admitted and that was it. And she had a GI thing. They couldn't, they never figured out what it was. And so we needed to know, cause I was freaking out thinking if my mom needs a surgery, she's got to have it now because God knows I don't want to wait a couple of weeks when this thing blows up in Miami for my yeah, mom. It's like you knew. I knew it. I knew it. So then, so then basically from there, I was so scared of her being at this hospital. I call it the death hospital. Um, and, and basically I, I took her out, um, against doctor's orders the following day. Um, and, and then I took her to another emergency room. Okay. Same thing. And this was a good emergency room from a very, one of the biggest hospitals. Okay. And intentionally leaving out names and, um, same thing. Very few people wearing masks. There wasn't a lot of antibacterial gel. <laughs> I'm seeing patients walking in coughing, no mask. I'm like, oh my God, this is insane. And you would think, I mean, here you, you would are. think, you would yeah. think, right? So then, and then after that, I had like, you know, my mom had to have all these um, appointments with doctors. And so we had all these follow up appointments, like four doctors, different doctor's offices, like, you know, a GI doctor and a cardiologist and her internist and whatever, like this whole thing. And, um, none of the doctor's offices had antibacterial gel. Wow. And, wow. That, and then, that's when I started posting about it on Facebook. And it took me a long time because I'm a realtor. I'm not, I'm not, you know, and I'm not one to spread fear, you know, gloom. No, but the, the I, thing is that you're not even in the profession. And to think that you already knew ahead of time. Well, that was the thing. That was the, exactly, that was the thing. And I was like thinking what I had, this was like beyond like it, I would have been irresponsible by not posting it. And it was a big risk. That's when I realized how broken the system was and what was really, really scary, you know? And then I basically started posting about it. And it took me like three days to, to get the courage to do it, to make the decision. So I don't, I wasn't making it lightly. And I was like, listen, this is what happened, you know? And um, our system is broken. It's very broken. This very serious virus is out there. It's gonna be here and probably already is here. But the big problem is there's not even enough gloves, masks, or, you know, PPE. There's no antibacterial gel. There's nothing. And I've been in, and like, what kind of access? I mean, you know, who has that kind of access? Four different doctor's offices, some in hospitals, some not, you know, in private buildings, two emergency rooms in the span of a week, you know. Yeah, so, and I think I think you took action. You know, you were thinking about it, but you took action because it directly affected you. Of course, of course. So yeah. then, and then I'm like, wow. So at that point, I was being very, very careful with my parents. You know, and and I had to take. They, they're never separated, so my dad did have to go to the doctor's appointments, but I wouldn't touch them. I'd clean my car completely before they got in. They didn't get sick. I already had symptoms. Right. I already had symptoms. I didn't know what they were though, because mine started with GI, and I didn't know what it was. But, and and but but your symptoms took you for a loop because you got tested. Tell us about the testing process. Well, and, and yeah, the, the I mean, outcome. Well, the thing is, I started with the GI thing, so I thought, well, maybe my mom had a GI bug and I caught her bug, but mine wouldn't go away. And then it lasted like a week, and then after that, I just started like feeling like like the truck hit me. So I'm like, oh great, I'm getting like a cold. I didn't think anything of it. Then the symptoms kept getting weirder and weirder. And then eventually I was having fever. And one night it was late, like two in the morning or something. And I'm fever posting on Facebook, which I don't recommend. <laughs> <laughs> 
never a good idea. It's kind of like drunk posting. I started having really weird symptoms. The one that like caught my attention was when my fingers started smelling like beer and everything tasted like tin, you know, like I didn't lose my sense of smell, but it was really weird. Hmm. And um, that's like, was like, and that's before, that's before they even mentioned that, right? No, right about that time. They had just mentioned it. So I'm having all these really weird symptoms. Oh, I had the shortness of breath. I was on inhalers. Thank God. Wow. I had my inhalers, you know, my asthma did kick in 100% plus. And then, um, you know, I was really sick. I mean, I, there were like a good five times that I should have been in the hospital. And if, you know, because I live with a doctor, you know, he was kind of monitoring everything, but it was really scary. My heart was racing. I had every single symptom that everybody is, is, is talks about every single one. And it, and it lasted two and a half months. Wow. And the test came back always negative or something yes. like that happened to yes. you? Yes. Two, two, but I tested late. So I tested three weeks after my first symptom. And um, I were thinking that, well, that was the nasal test. And by the way, that one is only 70% accurate. Okay. Mm-hmm. And this is also, these tests, listen, they're only testing for what certain strains. There's like over 30 strains of this virus wow. that, they, that they know of. And Martin has had like at least 15 patients that have had this that has lasted this long. Cause that's the whole thing is that they always say that, oh no, it lasts like 14 days or seven days or whatever. Mine has lasted two, lasted two and a half months. And I'm still to this day, still my sense of smell is still off. Mm-hmm. I'm still having some issues. You still have issues. But yeah. Oh no, no. And my lungs are not completely a hundred percent. I'm, 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 trying to get back but yeah it does because they say that you know this when this thing gets you it's not just recovering from it it's it's a long process right it's a long long process and it's it's just such a weird virus because it attacks so many different organs and systems and you're just like on miss mr toad's wild ride seriously you're like going from you know, it's the craziest thing. It's like you're going from one symptom to then you're feeling fine. And then all of a sudden you feel something completely different, you know, like, like, you know, like you could be laying in bed. Like for me, I would be laying in bed, ready to go to sleep, completely relaxed. And then my heart would just start racing and I'm thinking, great, I'm having a heart attack. And then, you know, and then I find out from my mom's ALF that they have 42 cases of positive cases of Corona. And I'm like, that didn't set my heart racing. That should have. That was very stressful. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, whole other story. But this thing was caused by the virus. And that's still happening, by the way. I'm still having the heart thing. So, you know, if, if everything, and it was really scary. The scariest thing, too, is that what are you going to do? You know, the entire city is on lockdown. All the doctor's offices are closed. They're only doing televisits. Like, in a normal situation, I would have gone to the emergency room. Yeah, but that's 100%. The least, the least you want to do now. After what I witnessed, what, after what I, no, you know, not where I want to be. But, but you know, at the very least, I would have gone to a pulmonologist. I would have gone to a cardiologist because I was having very, very scary, you know, none of my, the, it got to the point where the um, inhalers weren't working. No, like no. I couldn't breathe. And the what, inhaler, did you do, what did you do at that point? What were, what were well, your thoughts? you know, you got to really calm down. Kind of like what I did. I kept thinking about that mountain, you know, when I was in Canada and my inhaler had, yeah, I, you know, I didn't check the expiration and um, it had expired and that'll never happen again, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but you know, I, what I had to do and thank God, you know, it was Martin and he was like, just stay calm, 
you will be fine. And that's the whole thing. You have to be very, very calm. Because if you panic, yeah, you're going to have a major event. You know, if you stay yeah, calm. Yeah, it just makes it worse. Oh, like, you you know, you could die, make it worse. Yeah, it makes it significantly worse. If you When you can't breathe, it's very serious. Yeah. And then, um, but then I found out later, I was like doing research, you know, online, of course, because doctors love that. I always like find stuff online and then I run it by him. And he's like, well, that does make kind of some sense. Let me look into that, you know, and like basically um, because of all of the inhalers and the steroids and everything I was taking for the, uh, for the rest, you know, my, my, my lung issues, um, I had caused um, reflux and then I had mm -hmm. to be on reflux medication and the two meds counter act each other. Like they, they kind of cancel each other out. So if you're on reflux medication and you're on an inhaler, your inhaler is not going to be as effective. And then I'm like, so then what do I treat? And, and, but, but my, my, my reflux was so bad that I had laryngitis. I couldn't speak for weeks. I couldn't speak. So, uh, you know, it's like, and that's dangerous too. That that's, you know, you can't just ignore that. That's dangerous too. That could cause major acid erosion, you know, issues with your esophagus and it, it's, it's serious. So then I have to be on both and I just have to, just be calm and just write it out, you know, and that's what I did. And eventually it got better. Wow. And what do you say about the, the medicines that the president's promoting? Oh, please. And take it. You know. <laughs> 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 uh, you know, it, it, it really it would be so wonderful if, like, the people that are doing the stupid things would just, it would just affect them. You know, it just would be such a beautiful you know, I mean, not that I wish harm on anybody, but it would be kind of well-deserved. You know, it's just you shouldn't be promoting things that are not safe. Yeah, I'm glad you don't listen and, because and, now you would have turned Clorox. Right? No, please, hello. <laughs> plus, plus that medication that he's now basically promoting, you know, that medication is a very important medication for patients that have conditions that need that medication. And guess what? Now there's a shortage. And those people that really need it are not able to get it. So that's exactly. not, it's very irresponsible. Yeah. But, and what do you say about everybody going back to business as usual? Um, you know, I understand we have two very serious problems at the same time and we can't, we can't ignore completely the financial one. I mean, I don't think there is a right answer. What I have an issue with are these people that are being irresponsible, not wearing their mask. You know, if everybody's wearing their mask and doing this, the distancing and the whole thing and doing it very responsibly, you know, opening little by little. I mean, listen, Martin's a doctor. Their offices are still closed. We're waiting to see what happens with this first round of guinea pigs that are out there. So, you know, we'll see. I personally think, you know, my mom's ALF is shut down until July. I haven't seen her since, since March, the beginning of March. You know, we've done FaceTime. We have done that. Okay. Yeah. All right. So um, what do you see the real estate now with uh, everywhere? What, what, uh, what's going on there? Well, that's, that area? that's been interesting. I mean, that actually hasn't really taken that much of a dive, you know, because before we got into this thing, the market was very strong. And, okay. and, you know, the timing of this was unfortunate because this is the prime spring, summer selling season. In real, this is the busiest time of the year in real estate and for sales. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, because people with children are moving in the spring, summer and all of that. But um, what we're seeing, you know, a lot of sellers have taken their places off the market because, uh, you know, of course, concerns over COVID or, you know, they didn't want to deal with having to move or whatever. 
and there's a, a real lack of inventory. So this would be, I mean, ideal time, ideal time for a seller to list a property because there's like no inventory. The interest rates are really low and that's going to change. I know this is going to change. My prediction would be probably in the next three weeks, we're going to start seeing a lot more inventory creeping up because as everything opens up, but there are buyers and the buyers that are out there are serious. I mean, I just got something. I got it. I received an offer yesterday on a property uh, condo on Miami beach that I hadn't had any offers on. And it's been on the market for a, a while. The market on Miami beach condo market on Miami beach is very, um, that's a very flat market. There, there, there was too much inventory. And, um, and also all of the new construction um, that was competing with it there, you know, and there's just some issues with that market, the Miami beach, you know, you have to look at every market um, as a, as a micro market, you can't just say a generalization of all of Miami. But so that one was on the market for a long time. And uh, now it's under contract. And are you still seeing clients? Obviously not in person, but you still you, you work with people, right? I do work with people. I'm working with a seller now. And, um, you know, obviously we are going to be I'm going to start doing in person showings. I know other realtors have been doing them. Uh, Miami Beach just opened up uh, this past week because you couldn't even get into the buildings in Miami Beach. Um, Got it. Uh, but that just opened up. And, um, um, you know, I, I'm, I have a very serious safety protocol, as you can imagine, after being so sick. Um, yeah. You know, like I'm, I'm going like the extra, extra mile. I'm, you know, again, I have masks for my clients. I have my own, you know, mask. And I'm getting these fabric masks um, that have, five layers of filters because mm -hmm. every one that I see not there, you know, either have no, no filter, no, no, you know, I mean, that to me isn't effective um, uh, or they have like three and this one has five layers in, including a carbon. So I think that's about as good as you're going to get outside of the uh, N95 exactly. and the N95. I have, I have a couple of those, but those are really, really uncomfortable to wear for a long term. Yeah. And, and, and it's not the same, you know, they say that, you know, you could virtually see the home, but it's not the same as you walk in and there's a certain feeling you get when you're shopping for a home. Well, there that, is, but you right? know what, there's tools now. I, I, I have a tool where I can do um, a virtual walk live walkthrough. Okay. So mm -hmm. basically I don't even have to be at the property. If the seller is so freaked out and they don't even want me there, um, you know, I have one seller now that she's going to be listing soon a house in uh, Miami Shores and she is concerned. She's older, you know, and she's concerned about even me being in the property. She doesn't want anybody in the property until we are under contract. And I said, we can do that. Um, but, mm -hmm. but then basically I said, but you're going to have to do the walkthroughs, like the showings virtually, you know, basically you do, you are the camera, you walk through holding the phone, doing a video. I'm going to be narrating it and pointing out the features, the buyer will also be on a call. It's like a conference video, live video call. That's great. It's a really That's cool great. tool. I've never, it's a brand new tool that Cobble Banker has. It's uh, I'm very excited. That's very exciting. Yeah. That's awesome. Where can people reach you? Um, my phone number is 305-519-7940. And my email is Maggi, M-A-J-I, at magisold.com. Maggi, if there's any advice that you would give yourself at the beginning of March, what would it be? Get more inhalers. I don't know. I mean, I'd get another uh, prescription of steroids. I mean, because that, well, that was a big challenge. Like when my inhaler was running low, um, I had to, you know, thank God I had the 
I, I thought about that and I ordered it like with a week in advance note, but it took me like three or four days to get it. I just had a feeling and you know, when you're the one that has to make the decisions and without knowing what was going to happen and you have old people in ALFs, you need to make a lot mm -hmm. of plans. So I had to plan around, I had to do a lot of planning for her. Immediately got all of her meds, um, switched all of her medications over for the ALF to administer because they were self-administering. And it's like, no, you can't do that. What, what happens if you get sick? Mm -hmm. And I can't mm -hmm. go there. What if you're on lockdown? I can't, you know, so yeah, I, I just, I mean, I really did prepare as much as possible. Um, there mm -hmm. would be a lot of things I would, I would advise other people to do for me. Yeah. What so, could I have so, done for myself? Mm -hmm. I don't know if I could have done any much more. I, I you wouldn't, I will, you wouldn't have told yourself, stay home, order everything online. <laughs> uh, no, because look at what's going on in New York. I mean, there's people on lockdown that are getting tested. They're testing positive. How do you think that's happening? So Maji, any words of encouragement of everybody out there going through a tough time or maybe going through the corona itself? I'd say take a deep breath, but that might be difficult. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. That was, um, yeah. As far as getting back to work, I mean, I get it. If people don't start going back to work, then our economy is going to be in a, there's going to be major, major problems. But to do it responsibly, to do it as safe as possible to really truly follow all of the guidelines and hopefully you know and those that don't then just be you know i would probably not i wouldn't get close to those people i'd be very careful with those people there's been ever a time where it's been more obvious that we are all connected you know it's this i mean what other time and ever has there ever been a time where where every single person on the planet is going through the exact same thing and like where it doesn't matter like it's not a, if, if some people decide they don't want to wear a mask that it's doesn't only affect them like we're all connected and to be kind to everybody even the ones that are acting out because they're on their own journey um it, it's obviously dangerous for everybody but we can't control that and we have to be more I think we just need to be more at peace and more just kinder and more respectful of everybody Maggie one more thing don't fall don't off, fall the, off pod. the pod <laughs> that's so funny it's a wrap Ah, I hope you've enjoyed this episode, but hmm, did you know that we have our very own app? You can go to your app store now and download Pod With Me. And don't forget to visit us on social media. This is Alex J. Aguiar, and until next time, don't fall off the pod. Credit.